Hey, good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. As always, I'm David Drum. And with me today is uh, my friend, Phil Maggio. And Phil uh, it has a great and interesting story. So, um, Phil, welcome to Drive Time. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So, um, I love to highlight what I call the regular guys. We have a lot of pastors that appear on drive time. And sometimes I think it's easy for guys to push back against the pastors, you know, who, who have something difficult to, to challenge you guys with, because it's almost like, Oh, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say those things. You're supposed to think that way. But I love it when I can bring a regular guy in, um, to, to talk about some of these more challenging things, uh, for men, uh, from the perspective of just a normal guy. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into this with you, um, guys. Uh, so Phil's retired now, but he spent 35 years, um, in the computer chip industry, mainly dealing with automotive companies. Um, so he has been around the world, been around a lot of people and seen a lot of things. So he is definitely a guy with stories, uh, definitely a guy with experiences. And, uh, I'm thankful to have him here today. Um, so what Phil is bringing to us is something that, uh, just to, to kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room as we get started is a lot of guys tell me how they struggle with prayer and how it's hard to pray, that they don't know what to pray, when to pray, how to phrase it, things like that. So mm-hmm. Phil, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think um, we can talk a little bit about how we got into the prayer ministry, but, but just to answer your question, um, I think it starts with identity. As a believer, you've given your life to Christ. The Holy Spirit's been deposited in you as a guarantee for eternity. And you've been adopted into the family of God. And that gives us a unique position with our Heavenly Father. We are no longer, you know, prayer is not a business transaction. It's a, it's a conversation. It's a conversation with your Heavenly Father about uh, things that are of mutual concern, if you will. And, um, but it starts with identity. You're not a, you're an adopted child. Um, this is not a mechanical business relationship that we're having with the Lord. So, um, and there's so many other ways that we uh, can expound on that. But for me, it starts with identity. But when the disciples asked Jesus, they said, teach us how to pray. The opening line, the opening phrase is our father. And uh, he was telling them from the beginning, you have special access to the throne of God. Now take advantage. Uh, That's interesting. And you, I like your, your comparison. It's not a business transaction. Um, It's a conversation about something of mutual concern. So let me ask you about that is Mm -hmm. what is it you say mutual concern? I mean, are you suggesting that everything I'm concerned about God is also concerned about? Absolutely. I, I kind of stole that phrase from uh, Dallas Willard, wrote a book called The Divine Conspiracy. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. you're familiar with it. But he says in there, he says, a prayer to the God of Israel and Jesus, the living and personal God of the universe, is an intelligent conversation about matters of mutual concern. And if you read any of uh, Psalm 139, you know, where can I go from your presence? <laughs> Um, God knows the words that are on your lips before you even utter them. So your heavenly father is absolutely concerned about what's going on in your life. 
and he's absolutely concerned as it pertains to his will for your life. So I would say um, there's no subject matter off the table for him. Uh, even though you might be reluctant, he welcomes it all. So you're saying, okay, it, he's, he's concerned because it concerns me. And he knows the words before I speak them. He already knows the emotions that are in my heart and the thoughts that are in my mind. Then what's the point? Why, why should we engage in this process of prayer? Because it's relational. I, I can't imagine having children that never spoke to me uh, hmm. or a friend that uh, we called ourselves uh, good friends and spoke every 10 years. I, and <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a relational component and it's as much for our good, if you will, it's more for our good because in that conversation, we get to express our deepest concerns, the hurts, the, and quite frankly, as you progress in prayer, it should be more than that. It should be the Thanksgiving as well. I, I think about Luke chapter 17, where the Lord heals these 10 lepers and one comes back to thank them. And he blesses the man and he says, by the way, where are the other nine? So prayer has a lot of different facets uh, to it, but, but absolutely the Lord is concerned with what concerns us. That's an interesting take on it. So now you, you had alluded to it a little bit just a minute ago. Um, so, and I mentioned in, you know, in your introduction there that you you serve at, at your local church, uh, mm -hmm. on the prayer team. And, uh, but what's, what's interesting and really what led to, to us having a conversation about drive time is, you know, I think sometimes it, guys might see those, those people on the, on the prayer team and like, Oh, well, that's just their thing. Mm -hmm. That's, Oh, they're, they're so good at that. They, you know, that's their thing, mm -hmm. but this was not your thing. Not my thing. <laughs> I came, I came reluctantly. And, and the backstory is um, as I was approaching retirement, um, essentially in all of our faith life, 30 some years, um, my wife has a very different gift mix than I do. She's got the mercy and compassion gifts. She found herself working with little children and other uh, various outreaches that, that really tapped into her gift. Mine has always been leadership. I've been an elder in a couple of different terms. And so we were saying leading up to retirement, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could serve in a ministry together, right? Instead of you going one way and me another, uh, within the context of the, our local body, if we could serve together, that would be great. And uh, an elderly couple that they were currently leading the prayer ministry, uh, they were part of our life group here at home, they invited us to come alongside them. And so they mentored us through that process, were very patient with us, uh, we attended several classes that they taught. And um, so we, we waded into the pool in that way, it's just mm -hmm. easy. And um, wouldn't you know it, they get called to another church. So they left. And the current leadership at our church is looking at my wife and I saying, Hey, you're it, <laughs> you're it. And I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. I I'm not sure I signed up for that. So I told my wife, I said, listen, I'll handle kind of the technical part of this. You know, we're, we're organizing meetings. I'll, I'll get the emails out. I'll, I'll take care of that part. And um, maybe you can handle more of our prayer meeting on Sunday morning. 
And oh, by the way, this thing where we have to get up after service and people come up front and, and pour their hearts to us and, and we pray over them. Maybe I, that's not my lane. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so she agreed. And um, so we, we waited in and I, I was still reluctant. And I kept telling the pastor, I said, you really need to find somebody else to lead this ministry. I, I just don't feel like this is my thing. And here we are six years later, uh, still leading it and, and loving it and uh, being fully immersed in it. But um, with regard to this part of the prayer ministry where we pray for people after services. Um, so early on, I found myself, my wife would say, hey, I, I couldn't get anybody to go up front this morning. Will you go? And I'd roll my eyes. I'm like, I can't believe this. Here we go. The very thing I didn't want to do. And over time, I think I shared with you at the conference, that's become my favorite part of right. the ministry. Um, it's inten um, intensely relational. Uh, it's made me turn out to be a really good listener. If you, It's forced me to be a very good listener because people want to come and they want to get out of themselves, whatever the pain or the hurt or the request is. And I've stood there for 20 minutes sometimes just just listening intently before, before I utter a word at all. And, uh, but that's been a really re rewarding part of it. So, so I'd say I didn't, I said yes, but I would have to admit honestly that I did it reluctantly, but the Lord has just continued to, to grow both my wife and I in that ministry. And, um, so yeah. are you still looking for someone to take over for you or, you know, uh, I, I have stopped, asking the Lord for that. I've stopped asking leadership for that. Um, it just becomes more and more rewarding. Um, as the days go by, we just a couple of Friday nights ago. So the NCAA AA tournament started on a Thursday night. It's a Friday night. And our youth, uh, our, our worship leader at church is a, is a young gal, beautiful voice, beautiful heart for the Lord. And about three times a year, she gets the youth and the community together, all the counties around us. And they have a worship, praise and worship night. And part of that is um, she invites my wife and I and several others to come and be prayer, prayer partners that night. So at some point, there'll be a call made, hey, if you want prayer up front, all these folks are up there. And it was just a beautiful, again, a beautiful uh, opportunity to witness to young kids. These are kids that are in their mid-20s early thirties. And, um, like I say, at that age, I'd have probably been at a bar drinking beer and, you know, watching the, the games, but you know, there were several hundred kids there that night. And, um, and just to hear them come forward, the things that are on their heart, the things that they're confused about, the things that they want prayer for. I feel like the Lord's really using us in our years, in our experiences to minister to them. So that's, that's been a great, uh, great part of the ministry as well. That's great. So it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about this progression, uh, that you went through. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and again, I, I've had very similar conversations with different guys, mm -hmm. uh, about prayer and about their struggle with prayer. And, mm -hmm. and I've encouraged them. I, I kind of use the phrase, just pray what you got, whatever it is, just, just spit it out. Yeah. But That's make good. God the, the, the intended hearer of that, yeah. um, because he wants our attention. He wants our affection. Um, and he wants to be involved in the things that are troubling you that you're struggling with or that you're excited about. 
Um, not just the the bad, but the good. So, you know, again, like you and I had talked about earlier, um, you know, being drive time, we, we look for opportunities to take things out of the conceptual, out of the motivational and really, uh, apply them in a tangible way each week. And for the purpose of, of growing, uh, as a man, as a, as a Christian, um, so in this world of prayer, um, what, what is, what is something we can do if, 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 if I'm a guy and prayer is something I struggle with, um, what is something I can do to grow in that, to improve that way? Sure. Sure. Well, I like what you said before, you know, you said, just get it out there. It, it, this conversation. And if, I think if you can view it as a conversation, um, uh, the simpler, the better and the rawer, the better. If, if you want examples of that, just go to the Psalms and hear David pour his heart out to the Lord about whatever is confronting him. So don't make this a complicated thing. And I would, I would say if you're struggling to pray, don't sit down and think you have to pray for a half hour or 45 minutes. I would pray several short prayers through the course of the day. And I would not worry about the words. This doesn't have to be flowery or eloquent. Um, There's a passage in Romans that says that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groans that words can't express. Mm -hmm. So again, that's helpful to me because I'm not worried about getting the vernacular just right. I know that the Holy Spirit is translated. He says, we don't know what to pray. He's praying on our behalf. So I would encourage folks uh, in that sense as well. So I've heard, you know, I I, I listed some obstacles to prayer. I'm too busy to pray. It doesn't have to take that long. You can do it in at a red, red light in your car on the way to work. Um, But, but express yourself to the Lord. Um, Another one I hear is God never really answers my prayers, right? I'm praying. And whatever I'm asking for, I don't seem to get progress on or, or get it thoroughly answered. And so what's say, the response to that? I would say God responds to prayer in three ways. It's either yes, and, and your request is granted. It's no, and we'll talk about no in just a second. Or it's, it's yes, but not now. I need you to wait. So there's a timing element to that. And I would contend that um, if, if, if you feel like you're praying for something and the Lord's saying no, he's either ultimately he's protecting you or the problem may be with the motive behind the request. And, oh. and we get a little, and we get a bit of that in James, right? Uh, I believe it's James chapter four when uh, James says, you have not because you ask not. And even when you do ask, you ask with impure motives to use whatever you're asking for, for your pleasures. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case in every instance, but I would say when you're asking the Lord for something, really check your motive. Am I looking for the Lord's glory in this and his honor? Or is this, is, is this at the end of the day, a selfish request in some way, shape or form? And it may not appear to be on the surface, but if you, dig a little bit or even get to bedrock, you might find, well, maybe that's not the purest motive. So, 
So it's yes, yes, but not now or no. And it's interesting. I would, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if your heavenly father knows what you need, even before you ask him, then I have to count on, and again, I view him as a loving father. He's only going to give me what I need according to what he knows. And, and, uh, and he knows so much more than we do. Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And if I could coach anybody in prayer, that's exactly where I would start. You need to get that mental attitude, that, that posture of who you're praying to, right? And we see it in the Lord's prayer when it comes out, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You're admitting to the Lord, I want your will to supersede whatever I'm asking for. Even if I don't, I don't get it. Even if I can't understand why said request isn't going to be granted. Well, cause even that phrase of thy will be done appears before give us our day, our, our daily bread. Right. So even before the request for give me what I need today, it's I want, I want what you want first. Right. And, and then, you know, here's what, here's what I need today. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, one other one that I, as we've been ministering to some of these young folks, um, one other thing that has surfaced as they come up with prayer requests for us, either something's happened to them or they've done something that they do not feel like the Lord is willing to forgive them for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times two weeks ago I quoted the uh, first John where it says, if we're faithful to confess our sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive us and, and lead us in righteousness. Sorry for that poor, poor rendition of that, but, but you get the picture, right? We're faithful to confess our sins. He is faithful to forgive us. He's not a God who's up there with a clipboard, um, checking the boxes and keeping records of wrongs it's done. It's done. He's willing to set it aside and you, you do too. So I don't know if that dynamic may be work, be at work in anybody uh, listening, but, but that's another one that I hear quite a bit, especially in this younger crowd of people we minister to. That's interesting. Cause it, sometimes it's easier to believe that God forgives everyone else for what they've done. Absolutely. But that's because they don't know what I did. They can't say that because they don't know what I did. And, and there's this thought that, you know, that, that forgiveness of sins is, is, is true and it's right. And it's for everybody, but not me. But not me. Like, like yeah. somehow I'm the one guy in the history of the world who out the cross. That's right. Which, well, which is dumb to say out loud, Yeah. but we act like that sometimes. Right. That's right. And, but it's a real it's a real emotion and feeling that they have. This, right. this thing is almost unforgivable. And, uh, and it really has held them back in many regards from moving forward in their lives and, uh, and, and appreciating what the Lord really did for them on the cross. Oh, that's great. And, and that's, I think that's actually a, a kind of a, the right thought to, to finish with in this term of, uh, of prayer, because I, I think some of those hesitations to go to, to God have to do with, well, like he can't forgive me or he wouldn't forgive me. Um, so I, I shouldn't approach him 
that way. And, uh, you know, you, you know, even your, your, uh, your takeaway for this week of of just, you know, approaching him and and sharing your life with him. That's, that's the start. Yeah. One other thing I would say, just, just hit me as you were speaking there. Um, if you're struggling about what to pray, right. And, and perhaps this notion of a conversation doesn't, doesn't work for you. Then the other thing I, I encourage and we train people to do is just pray scripture back to God. Just pray scripture. If you're anxious, Philippians four, six, seven, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, you, you know, the verse. So mm-hmm. just pray scripture back to him. And, um, and there are some, we haven't talked about intercessory prayer. That's probably for another time, but there are some great scriptures, uh, Colossians 1, 9 through 12, that you can pray for anybody. <laughs> you don't even have to know the circumstances, you know, but right. pray for the Lord to fill them with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's that's just a prayer that you can lift up on anybody's behalf. So uh, praying back scripture is also another effective way to kind of break down that barrier of what, what do I say? How do I do this? Your word says, Lord, your word says, mm. we trust you. You know, would you, would you invoke your word for so-and-so or for me in this situation based on what you said in scripture? That's good. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Phil, I, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing some time with us today and, and definitely some wisdom on this topic of prayer. And, uh, like I said, I, I love that you come at it from almost a reluctant heart, uh, that was transformed into someone who's obviously extremely passionate about it. Um, and it, and it definitely shows through who you are. Um, so thank you for, for being here today. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. And, um, Yeah, I hope somebody's encouraged in their prayer life because of it. That's good. Gentlemen, that's the challenge for this week. And we'll see you again next week here on Drive Time.